Hello, event hustlers. My name is Liz King, and I'm so excited to be here with you all today with two amazing people on the line. We have our usual awesome co-host, Ed Waffles, and we're also joined today by Daniela Grassman. We're going to introduce her in just a second. But thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in for this week's episode of Taxi Talk Unscripted where we like to take you behind the scenes of the events industry, the velvet ropes, as uh, we usually say. And we just like to have candid conversations about industry topics that we think matter to you and get to know the brands and, more importantly, the people behind the brands that power our industry. Every week we talk about um, best practices, horror stories, lessons learned, um, how people got started in this business and how they're making it as successfully as they are. And as planners ourselves, our goal with this podcast is really to curate all the information that we think you should care about as a fellow event professional. Um, before we get started, I do want to pay um, respects to our sponsor, Splash. Taxi Talk Unscripted is proudly sponsored by Splash, and they are the only all-in-one event marketing platform that your designer is going to love as much as you do. They are used by Taxi Talk in addition to other brands like Facebook, Budweiser, Red Bull. You will definitely love them. So check them out at taxitalk.com or you can go directly to their website at splashthat.com and learn more about them and the technology that they bring to the events industry. And uh, now we can get started talking to our awesome guest. Ed, I'm going to let you introduce her. And um, we have lots of questions for her. So I'm really excited for today's episode. Thank you, Liz. I'm excited as well to introduce to you guys uh, one of our industry peers and a, and, a, and a hustler, if I've ever seen one, Daniela Grassman, Chief Amazement Officer and Partner of Vision Events Company, also the VP of Membership of IDEA. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Daniela. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny, whenever we, we do this, I've noticed a pattern almost a year into doing this. I don't think we've had one guest yet who wears just one hat, which I guess embodies what uh, an event hustler is. Because normally when I introduce somebody, it's like five titles and you're no exception. So that's awesome. And uh, that means there's lots that, that we can learn from you. So for our for our listeners and also for me, because I, I know I just met you, um, I think we first talked for the first time at the Taxi Talk event that we did back in June. And, uh, and it turns out we've probably been around each other a number of times, and, uh, and I just remember you being a very pleasant personality. So uh, to those who have never gotten a chance to meet you in person, if you could just kind of let us know uh, a little bit of your background and uh, what your role in the industry today is. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've been in the events industry for about seven years now. Um, I started out in more corporate nonprofit events. I was lucky enough when I went to college in the city, um, had different internships in PR and didn't quite love it and transitioned into events and worked with different uh, production companies in the city and then ended up working for United Way of New York, got some really great experience and that just transitioned into good timing and meeting the right people. And I was introduced to my amazing business partner about five and a half years ago. And we kind of jumped on this journey together of building our current company vision. And so we've had it now for five years this November, which is exciting. And we focus on weddings and nonprofit corporate work. We are a bit of a hybrid, so we do entertainment and event planning, and it's 
roller coaster of fun. So that's where I'm at now. First of all, congratulations on five years. That's amazing. Um, we just passed five years. Thank you. Not that long ago ourselves. So we know what a feat that is in the events industry. It's a lot of competition. Absolutely. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. And you kind of see all the differences, all the changes in the industry, which is which is nice and exciting to also get to implement them a little bit. It's amazing how fast the industry changes, right? It's only been five years, really, but so much has changed since, I guess it was 2010, 2011, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it has to do with technology and social media and just experiences and how people like to enjoy experiences, but that's why we do what we do, which is great. Yeah. You know, I have so many questions for you, but I, I want to take it back a little bit to the beginning your early days in the industry. I know you mentioned that you had some experience in PR and then um, you decided that wasn't as much for you and you really loved events. Can you tell us a little bit about that PR experience? And, and obviously it's different for everyone, but what about that fueled your interest in, in events specifically? I mean, obviously PR, I know that that world does a lot of events, um, but, you know, how did you leverage that to get into the industry? And, and what were some of the things you loved about events that made you move into the sector that you're in now? For sure. You know, and I feel like a lot of times people actually overlap. And, and, and PR and events do overlap, but they often think that they're the same thing. And yet they're such parallel yet overlapping industries. And I so I started in fashion PR. Um, both with internships and jobs when I was in college in New York. And I got to work New York Fashion Week, which is like the epitome of the fashion world. And I found that it just, for me personally, wasn't very gratifying. There was a lot of hustling that had to go into it, which, don't get me wrong, events has as well. But at the end of the day, once I got through with Fashion Week, I just had to take a step back and realize that it wasn't something that really made me too happy or um, made all the work very gratifying. But at the same time, when I got to work Fashion Week, I saw the other side of it. So literally the people that were putting the tents up in the chairs and everything that had to happen in order for all the work we did on the PR side to even matter, because otherwise, you know, if the people can't have a place to sit or a tent for the show to go on, how could that even happen? And so I kind of transitioned because of that, but I was fortunate at the time, and even though it wasn't that long ago per se, you know, under 10 years ago in a sense, I didn't really think of events as a career. And I didn't know anyone that was, you know, an event planner. I didn't know anyone that really had made a career. In hindsight, though, you know, in my personal life with my family and even in, in high school and in college, I've planned so many events. And kind of taking on your personal experience of planning parties and prom and this and that, you're like, I could do this, but how do I make it into a career where I make money and, and make a living out of it? And I was fortunate enough, I studied abroad while I was in college and I had a really great director. I remember sitting down with her and I said, you know, I'm going into my senior year of college. I don't really know what I want to do with my life, but I love events. And she just, it's just a simple thing, but she just said to me and she was like, well, why don't you just try? She's like, ask everyone that you know. You obviously were in PR and you know how to pub, you know how to sell yourself. So talk to every single person you know and just tell them what you want to do. And I'm sure someone will eventually connect you with another person. 
And that's exactly what happened. I ended up meeting different event planners and working for them through random connections like my psych professor. Um, and here I am today, totally involved in the event industry. Uh, that's that's uh, fascinating on, on many levels. Now I'm curious, because um, so you're, you decide, all right, I want to transition from one side of the PR side to, to doing events. And I feel like a lot of people's uh, Conventional train of thought is they're going to jump in, uh, or you know, find a find a, a job with a with an already existing company and you know, sort of something that's already established. But you chose um, the crazier route of the of the entrepreneur, which uh, I love and celebrate entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. Now, what was that? What was that conversation or that nudge inside of you like that made you decide that you wanted to start your own outfit? You know, it's it's really funny that you say that because as all entrepreneurs probably, you always have those days where you're like, how did I end up here? I never really anticipated this. <laughs> daily. Um, <laughs> right, daily. And I, um, it's funny because I don't think I actually really thought I would end up becoming an entrepreneur in this, in this capacity that I have. And had I not met my business partner, Ray, who's been such an incredible part of my journey, I don't know that I really would have, but again, everything in hindsight, like both my parents are like super entrepreneurs and my family and just everyone in my life, so it kind of makes sense. But when I, again, right timing, I think, when I did meet my current business partner, um, I was not too happy in my, in my position and I took a leap of faith and I remember going to my parents and I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, do I take this risk? Do I not? What am I supposed to do? And I, I have to give them a lot of credit. They, they looked at me and they said, you know what, just try it. And if, set, set some goals for yourself. And if you don't meet those goals in a certain amount of time, then turn around and start again and try something different. And I, I said, yeah. So, and I had a lot of faith and confidence in, in Ray and kind of what we were, what our vision was, so to speak, um, which falls in line with our company name. And we took their risk and we just kept rolling with it. We really love, we're really passionate about what we do and we wanted to spread it to more people and help more people. And we really feel like events are something that are transcendent. Like it's just, it can apply to so many people and affect so many. So I just jumped for it. And like, I still have those moments and those days where you're like, how did I end up here? I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> you, you work through it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we all have those days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, what were, if you don't mind me asking, what were some of those early goals that you set as a company to kind of benchmark against what you wanted to do and, and whether this would be successful? Because I meet people all the time. I mean, independent planners are certainly not a rarity in the industry who are just starting out or they're not sure if they really want to start out and they're not sure how to tell if owning their own business is the right thing for them. So are there, you know, it doesn't have to be specific, but what were some of those early things that you were trying to achieve and, and ways that you were able to tell that this was going to be your thing, that this was working for you guys? Sure. I, I think probably the biggest one was, and it seems pretty obvious, but like the number of events that we were doing from year to year, obviously we wanted to increase that. And I think that what we were thinking, and more more than a financial standpoint, more so just from if we were going, if we could increase the number of events we were doing and where they were coming from, so the referral sources, then that would be a testament to what we were doing. And if 
people wanted what we were doing and also if we were, you know, good at it and doing a good job. So seeing from one year to the next, you know, we doubled the number of events that we did. And then when we looked at where they came from, you know, the word of mouth referrals, the the business that came from relationships within the industry and that they kept coming back from the same sources, meaning that people were telling other people either had they been at our events or just heard about it or had relations with us that they, you know, they liked us, they liked the product that we were selling. Um, that was like a true testament. And we clearly saw that, you know, whether you look at it as a need or just something that we wanted to show and share with the community and the people, we met that. And we, for you know, we kept doubling, we kept increasing the number of events that we were doing. And we, you know, we did some advertising, but the bulk of our business wasn't really coming from that. So that to us was a huge goal that we, we set in the beginning and also met and kind of was the motivator that kept pushing us to keep going. Now, having, having uh, you know, done this in your five years in, which is uh, remarkable for, for any business, not just uh, a business in our industry, what are, what are maybe like two or three things to, that you would advise to perhaps a listener who's listening to this in a uh, sitting where you sat five years ago? What are, what are some lessons that you learned that you would uh, heavily advise them on what to do or what not to do? Still learning lessons, that's for sure. <laughs> I feel like it's a never-ending lesson, really. It's like you're in school constantly. Um, but if I if I had to choose just a few, I mean, one of the biggest things I think has been really instrumental for us, and, you know, I probably wouldn't have thought of it as much if I hadn't gone, in, gone into being an entrepreneur and having our own business, is the power of networking. Um, I mean, I think that's partially how I've met Liz and so many other people in my kind of industry life, but really the relationships that you build with, within your own industry and then kind of what comes out of it. Um, you know, from day one, once I got involved, our kind of strategy was let's meet the people that are around us. You know, I met venues in our area. I met um, other entrepreneurs that were doing what we were doing or similar and knowing your competition, but not just knowing your competition, actually kind of becoming friends with them because you can learn from each other and then building on, on that. So, you know, if I have something that I need to figure out from an event planning standpoint or an entertainment standpoint, I have other people that do the same thing that I do that I can call on and ask for advice or see how they're doing it and then build on it. And so having that, that core group of resources has been so important um, in helping us grow. That would definitely networking um, and really making the most of your networking, which is really why I've gotten so involved in these associations and started my own. Um, that would be number one. Uh, if I had to, I had to think of or share another another thing that I've learned. Uh, it would probably be whew, actually that's a good question. I don't know who would that be. <laughs> um, probably having a team. I know I talk to a lot of solo event planners and oftentimes they're, you know, they'll say something along the lines of, wow, you know, really impressed that you got to where you are or how did you get there? And I, I always say, you know, I didn't do it on my own. So between my business partner and then my partners that are part of just my team, both on the entertainment and event planning side, nothing that we do could have, could have been done solo. 
and relying on these people and, and making them a part of our team and really kind of having people on your side, that's huge because what we do as an industry is all about teamwork. So if you don't have someone to help you on the back end of your company, there's just it just makes it so much more difficult and probably less motivating, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I, I can speak for myself, at least working with Ed, that I, I don't think I'd still be doing it if we didn't have the partnership that we have. Because, you know, like you said, you go through these days where you're like, oh, I'm not even sure this is the right thing to be doing. And it's nice to have somebody who can kind of back you up on that. And there are times I'm sure the opposite way happens. And then to have amazing teams around you, like the vendors that we work with. And I think that's what makes it all worth it at the end of the day. But I mean, I don't know how people do it without, you know, just completely solo. I, I, I think you need that Absolutely. partner. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had, I had a, how many, how many times have you gotten a call from Liz being like, I can't do this anymore. You had to find some like motivating <laughs> words of encouragement. <laughs> it has happened. Yeah. Too many times. Um, on a little bit of a lighter note, what are your favorite events to plan? I mean, I, you've you've had so much experience, weddings, nonprofit, um, corporate events. Do you have like your pet event that just makes you so excited when you know you're going to plan a particular type? Yeah, I mean, I I really do have a piece of my heart. A piece of my heart is for the nonprofit world. Um, it's what I've kind of always aspired to be a part of, and and that gets me super excited. But I have to say, it's so funny. I fell into weddings. Um, I never thought I would plan weddings. I think I was telling Ed that I used to crash weddings when I was in high school. And I I look back and I'm like, I, <laughs> and even people that know me, they are just like, you're a wedding. Like, that's just like, it's just so bizarre. But I came at it in a very different, I mean, Ray was like really into weddings and he really wanted to get into that industry. And I was just kind of hesitant. And then now I have to say, I really love it. I love the people that I get to work with and I I really look at weddings as a bit of a so I'm a, I'm a psych when I went to college I went for communications and psychology and psych was really my thing and it's it's a psychology of people and it is working with people and understanding them and weddings are so much more than this like artificial like superficial you know materialistic industry that people think about there are people involved and you know Liz I know you're planning a wedding right now so I'm sure like you might see like a different side of it and it's really gratifying <laughs> to be a part of you know I always say and it sounds so cheesy but weddings are one of the very few times in people's lives that you can get all the people in your life together in one room at one time for a happy occasion which really doesn't happen too often and it's amazing. It's it's such a great part to be. It's a great event to be a part of. Yeah, I've heard that this group of people only comes together on your wedding and your funeral, and pretty much I, that's the only <laughs> like baby shower, bridal showers. They tend to be like the women in your life or birthday parties. It's a subsection of that group, um, but I think that's what puts all the pressure on for both the couple, but also for the planner. I mean, it's just that's one sector we really we don't plan. <laughs> um, I've always told Ed, I I have too few emotions to be a good wedding planner. Um, so it's interesting being on this so side of it. <laughs> that you, 
Yeah, and it's so funny that you say that because I actually feel like weddings are so emotional and there's so many intricate parts to it and so, so much kind of, you know, going for everyone. It was like high tension and everything that it teaches you so much. It gives you so much experience to do other kinds of events where you may not need that. With like corporate or nonprofit, there's a lot less emotion. But when you have that, it just makes you approach those events so differently. And sometimes in my mind, I got to take a step back and be like, all right, this is not a wedding. Like, you don't need to worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's the battlefield. If you can make it through the wedding, you, you can do any kind of event. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's, it's and then the best part is when I get I get noted like I get um cards and calls from couples I've worked with whether they're having a baby, they're buying a house. Um like I'll never forget I did this amazing uh wedding last year. It was an Indian Portuguese wedding. It was three days. I was involved in all parts of it and really really got to know the family and the mom of the bride called me a few months later and invited me over for dinner. And I come over and I find out that the bride was pregnant and it was so sweet. Fast forward, I get a phone call at lunch one day from mm-hmm. said mom. And she's like, you know, she gave birth and she had a baby. We had to call her because we feel like you're part of the family. And it was just so, it's just such a nice, it's a, it's a great feeling. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. I, I respect some uh, wedding planners so much because, I mean, that's something we've never been in our scope, even though Liz, I know, has a, an extensive history of that uh, just in her personal life, helping other people plan weddings. But uh, but I also feel vindicated uh, that you mentioned having a history as a wedding crasher because I feel like people don't take it as a legitimate option that I put out there for my second act of life. Uh, but I, it's good to know that there's other people that came before me that, uh, that did that for real. So, um, well, I mean, with yeah. all the weddings that you've, you've done – uh, is there any sort of, if you're able to share, is there any one like sort of horror story that, that you managed to fix and you tend to do behind the scenes as event planners? Is there, was there a moment of crisis that stands out to you that you care to share? Oh, there's so many. I, I have this, um, this vision <laughs> where in a few years I'm going to get all of my industry friends together around a table. We're going to put a microphone in the middle and I'll just talk about our horror stories and then get it written into a book. <laughs> but uh, talk, as long as our clients don't know about it, <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we I think it's going to be a bestseller. Yeah, absolutely. And then it'll become a movie. And then the first thing that people will think about when you say you're a, an event planner or a wedding planner won't be, you know, J Lo. It'll be this new movie about horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I, so it's funny because we were just at an event for Eileen, New Jersey, and the whole theme was horror stories or events. And um, I, I just told it happened not too long ago. <laughs> and uh, it was a great wedding. It was a, a friend of mine who was getting married who's in the industry. I'm sure if she hears this, she's going to be laughing. Um, but it happened so recently. It's fresh in my mind. We were underway. Um, dinner was over. We were in a heavy dance set at this wedding. It was a, it, like an awesome party, really heavy dance set. Literally, the beat was about to drop. And all of a sudden, all the power went out. And like gut reaction, and we were also doing the entertainment at this wedding. We don't always, but gut reaction is always like, oh, my God, it's the DJ. And it's our, it's our fault. Something happened. But we look at our, our setup, and we had wireless lights on, and they were still on, but the chandelier of the venue was off. So all of a sudden, 
all this is happening like in two seconds in your mind. You're like, oh no, the venue went out of power. So immediately the MC just goes into reaction mode and is getting the entire crowd like singing karaoke style and just keeps the party going. We run to get our backup generator from the van and the venues, thank God, because it's a massive venue, has their own generator. We're all running to get, like, get this started and the guests are just like singing to the top of their lungs. And we find, like, finally within five minutes, which five minutes feels like a lifetime when you're trying to figure this out, the lights go back on, the music is on. We find out that the entire town is out of power and we're running on a generator for 15 minutes. And this is powering an entire venue where there are two weddings going on at the same time. And so we're literally like holding our breath, thinking that we might go out of power again at any moment. Thankfully, we were back <laughs> on after 15 minutes and like the party kept going and everything. But you have this moment where like your heart just drops to your stomach and you're like, what is about to happen? How do we keep this party going? But it was, it worked out. And the bride who's in the industry was laughing about it. So thank God she was cool. <laughs> it's always nice to have someone who understands <laughs> what it's like when those moments happen, especially when they're out of your control. For sure, for sure. And they happen all the time. I mean, I always tell my clients, I I, I have this rule. I will, if after the wedding, they call me and they're like, what went wrong? Is there anything you need to know? I said, I, I, would, I will never tell you what went wrong because if you're asking me if anything went wrong, that means that you right. had no idea and you had a great time and you got to experience it and that's all that matters. Well, that is the true sign of an event hustler in Taxi Talk's book. Um, unfortunately, we are already out of time. But thank you uh, so much for joining us and taking time out of your super busy schedule. Um, we didn't even get to talk about some of the associations that you're involved in and the women in events networks that you started. So maybe we can put some information about that on the post so that people can um, check out some links and learn a little bit more about you. Um, and then we'll also put your contact information in case people want to reach out to you and learn more. Um, and to all of those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in and keeping us company yet again this week. Look forward to our next episode, which will be coming out very shortly. And until then, you can catch our blog and the recordings of this podcast on TexyTalk.com. The audio recording is also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So definitely check that out and keep in touch with Daniela. She is awesome. We know that from much personal experience. Um, so we will see you all next time. And until then, hustle hard. <laughs>